Hello and welcome back to the Grace Fields Wife podcast. I'm your host, Beatrice Vargas. I'm so happy to be back with you guys this week. This week, we are talking about a topic that has come up so many times. I feel like I say that every week. <laughs> I feel like every week I'm like, this topic has come up so many, so many times. But um, I talked about it a little bit last week. I touched on it. And that is standing up for yourself when he acts out, setting proper boundaries in marriage. How do you stand up for yourself? How do you still approach your life and your marriage with coming from a place of humility and grace, but also not allowing yourself to be a doormat. This is such a huge topic. I'm really excited to jump into it. So let's just get right in. Welcome to the Grace Fields Wife Podcast. My name is Beatrice Vargas, and my mission is to improve the quality of marriages by helping us learn to be fueled with grace. Are you sitting in a marriage that feels empty? Are you struggling to reignite the passion and love you once shared with your husband? Are you at a crossroads of leaving and repair, but you're constantly reminded of your promise to God to stay true? Or maybe things haven't even gotten that bad yet. Maybe you don't argue that often, but since you barely connect anymore, you've started to give up hope of ever being happily married again. You might have contemplated or even fantasized about what it would be like to leave. Maybe you're telling yourself that you're just sticking it out for the kids. If this is you, I've been there. My story is your story. I want to help you heal and reignite your marriage while still believing in the promise God gave you. I want you to stay with me, learn from me, internalize the grace, guidance, and interviews so that you can become the Grace Field Wife. You can learn more and connect with me directly on Instagram at the Grace Field Wife. Now let's dig in to today's show. All right, all right. So have you ever found yourself frustrated about the things going on in your marriage? Maybe you're feeling like, do I have to really just eat it? Do I have to really just sit here and take this? Nah, boo, you actually don't. For a long time, I felt like this in my marriage. I felt like I could never say my piece because my husband would get upset. Every time I would say something, it would trigger a mood of his. And every time I brought anything up, he would say, oh, I'm being defensive. And what I was really starting to feel like was, really? This isn't fair. When do I get my chance to be seen and heard? So if this is for you, grab a stare. Because at this point, I cried out to God about this and I pouted and I basically threw myself a pity party. Does this sound familiar? It should. I know many of you are there now and I was there too. So this is what I did to overcome it, right? Because we can sit here and we can tell the hard stories. But unless I'm going to be able to sit here and offer you some practical tools to move forward, then this podcast is just a waste of everybody's time. Let's talk about some of the practical tools and some of the practical things I did to move forward. Number one, I got real clear about what I could change and what I couldn't. I pulled up my big girl panties and I started to make some changes. I could not change at the time the fact that my husband moved out. I could not change the fact that he was always cranky with me and his just attitude was one of contempt for me. I couldn't change the fact that he was starting to hang out with his friends to all hours of the night or may or may not have been dating somebody else. I didn't know 
but I certainly couldn't change it. And I certainly wasn't going to go try to snoop through his phone to find out. I couldn't change the fact that he said to me, I didn't leave our daughter. I left you. That was really harsh and I couldn't change it. So what could I change? What could I do? I had to really figure this out. And last week we talked about it. It was just the serenity prayer of, or maybe it was two weeks ago, of like, God, you know, just give me the wisdom to know the difference, right? To accept the things that I can't change and the courage to change the things that I can. So that was number one. I got clear about what I could change and what I couldn't. Number two was I stopped playing the victim and I changed my mindset. So I went from being a victim to being a victor in Christ. I stopped thinking like, oh, woe's me and started leaning on scripture, such as Exodus 14, 14, that says, the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. So instead of thinking, do I have to sit here and take it? I said, okay, God, this is your battle to fight. And what God is fighting for you, you've already won. And I've talked about this again in the last couple of episodes, but it was just this understanding of what was I able to control and what I wasn't when I realized that in the places that God just wanted me to sit and stay silent, I let him do the fighting there. Changing my mindset also meant changing my attitude. As a victim, I had to be on the defensive. I was always trying to protect myself. That meant I was using defensive speech. I was also attempting to control the situation in order to gain some sort of leverage in this battle. And when I mean control, I mean I kept trying all the little things that I thought were helpful, but in the end were nothing more than poor attempts at controlling a situation I had no control over. I try to do this by setting some, I'm going to say air quotes, boundaries, only to find out that the boundaries I was trying to set weren't really boundaries at all. An actual boundary is something that you can control. It's not trying to set a boundary, but then it be something that you have no control over. According to Townsend's book, Boundaries in Marriage, a boundary is like a property line or a fence, something that you put up that the other person cannot control. It is not something that attempts to control the other person's behavior. This idea might be difficult to understand, but let's think of it in an example like this. An example of an improper boundary would be to say, I have a boundary that you can only speak to me in a nice and respectful way. Well, that may be a nice thing to say. Yes, you do deserve to be spoken to in a nice and respectful way. What you're trying to do is control what happens on his side of the fence by saying that the boundary is that he does a certain thing. But what you really need to do is, I have a boundary against, if you speak to me in this way, I will not engage. You see the difference there? You're letting him know that whatever acting out, your quotes that he's doing, perhaps he's speaking to you in a very rude, condescending way. He's saying really mean or harsh things. And that is where you're sitting there and saying, okay, if you want to behave that way, you can. But just understand that on my side of the fence, I'm not going to engage. On my side of the fence, I'm not going to continue this conversation. You see the difference? It's a very fine line. It's very nuanced. But the difference is that you can't control what he's doing. You can only control what you're doing. And you are allowed to say, if your behavior is this, this, that, and other, then this is what my reaction will be. 
this is what my behavior will be. And the best thing to do is de-escalate. So not, oh, if you speak to me this way, then I'm going to yell at you, right? Because sometimes that's what they're looking for. Sometimes they are looking for the fight. Sometimes they are just to justify some of their bad actions. But the point is to really disarm them completely and to say, no, I'm not going to engage. I hope that distinction was helpful for you. I realized that if I was going to have the mindset of someone victorious in Christ, I had to do things his way, which meant taking on an attitude of humility versus defense. When you truly believe that God is fighting your battle, it becomes easier to act in humility. You no longer have to worry about protecting yourself when you know that God is protecting and fighting for you. So after I got clear about what I could change and what I couldn't, and then after I stopped playing the victim and changed my mindset, number three is I set those boundaries that we were just talking about. At the time, he was saying and doing hurtful things. So I set some boundaries around my heart, and those boundaries included, I stopped checking his phone. Yes, you heard that right. I used to check his phone. But I realized at that time, and I know this is going to speak to some of you, that by checking through his phone, I couldn't change anything about his behavior. I couldn't change anything about what he was doing. All it was going to do is potentially cause me to find something that was going to hurt me. And I decided to put a boundary around my heart. I decided to become blissfully ignorant about some of the things that he was doing. And for me, that decision was based on my trust in God, that God was going to take care of me. My trust that, you know what, if he's out there and he's dating somebody else, whatever it is I do right now is not going to make it better. And if I find out, I don't really trust myself, basically, to respond to him in a way of kindness and grace. I mean, I basically knew that if I found something like that out, I was going to fly off the handle. So I decided to say, I don't want to know. It doesn't really matter to me. It doesn't. Because I felt like God is taking care of this thing. And either, you know, we're going to stay together or we're not. But I don't want to know right now. And can I just pause right here to say or to point out that this line of thinking is not a worldly line of thinking. This is only a godly line of thinking. Because I could just sit here imagining sitting with my girlfriends who are not believers uh, and saying something like this. Not imagine. I literally did have this conversation with some of them at the time. And they were like, what do you mean? You have to know. Don't you want to know? Don't blah, 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 blah. You would have to whatever. And the difference in the heart, the difference in the mindset from me and from them was that I am trusting in something that you are not. I am trusting in something greater than myself. It is something that only someone who is Really leaning on God in this process can do. So if you find yourself listening to me saying, are you serious? How would she not want to know? Then I'm just going to point that out to you, that that might be a place where are you really trusting that God is taking care of you? Because if you have to put it in your hands, if you have to check that phone, if you just got to know, if that is the case, then where is that heart coming from? Okay, moving on. Another boundary that I set was I didn't engage in conversations or arguments if he wasn't going to speak to me nicely and kindly. In other words, I didn't take the bait for a fight. 
you know, when you start to have those talks and those talks start to snowball and he starts to be nasty or say and do things that he really shouldn't be saying and talking to you that way. I didn't take the bait. Instead of going back at him the way I used to, because that's what I thought he deserved, because that is what my human heart felt, I stopped. I said right there, no, I'm not, I'm not going to fight you about this. That's not going to happen. What I started to do was if I needed to address something, I would go over it. And this is something I still do till this day. I would go over it and address it in such a way that I'd be like, I understand that you are angry at me for A, B, C, and D. I understand that my actions made you feel X way. I get that. So immediately, you disarm him a little bit because I already let him know. I already know what you're going to come at me with. And I would say, I'm sorry for this, that, and the other if I was actually sorry. And if I'm not, I don't apologize for it. And I might just say, I'm not apologizing for that because that is really how I felt. And this is why. And I might tell him, or I might apologize for it and say, you know, I'm sorry that this, this, and this, or that I behaved this way, or that I lost my temper in this way. Here's what I need you to understand. So it's not, but, so I will say, I'm sorry, but, because when you say, but you completely negate the thing that you say right before. I will say, this is what is not okay with me. When you said this, when you spoke to me this way, when you did this, this is how I hear it. This is how I perceive it. You don't have to apologize. You don't, I'm not asking for anything else from you. I just want you to understand how this makes me feel. And by doing that, by not taking the bait for the fight, by not expecting a resolution right away, I was able to start really letting him know, these are some of the things that you do that are upsetting to me. And it started to lift this burden of resentment off my shoulders because I started to feel heard. He may not have agreed. He might have still been in disagreement. He might have still wanted to fight, but because I didn't take the bait and didn't engage him in the fight, it left him with no other choice but to sit and not think about it. And oftentimes he would come back and apologize for it later. Till this day, it's a strategy that I use that has worked for me almost every single time. And I make sure I do it when I know I'm right. And I take accountability for the things that I said and did that were wrong. And I do, especially now that we have a healthy marriage, I do give him the opportunity and the space to let me know how he was hurt or how he was upset. But I take a stand and I let him know what it felt like for me. But in the, in the spirit of doing things in grace, in the spirit of improving our communication, I don't let it go into this tit for tat because that's how you just end up in a fight and it really gets you nowhere. So number four, the last thing I did, and I'll recap. Number one, I got real clear about what I could change and what I couldn't. Number two, I stopped playing the victim and I changed my mindset. Number three, I set some hard boundaries and didn't take the bait. And number four, I surrendered. I stopped trying to control things. And I don't know if you've noticed, but that has been a theme out of every single one of these points. When I decided to set a boundary around my heart and stop checking his phone, I realized that I couldn't control it. And what I was trying to do by checking his phone was trying to control the outcome by knowing whether or not he was texting somebody else. What was that going to do for me in my mind? 
it was going to give me information that I could then use to control the outcome. But I realized that there are so many of these outcomes that I had no control over. And I just said, okay, God, I'm trusting you with this. I'm trusting you blindly, essentially. Because isn't that what surrender is? It's that blind trust. It's that total, okay, God, I can't do it. So I'm going to let you do it. I'm going to just say, whatever the outcome is, it is. And I trust that you're going to take care of me along the way. And I think oftentimes, not oftentimes, all the time, every single woman that I have spoken with that has gone from a place of sheer just despair and and just having a really hard time in her marriage to completely having seen that marriage turn around or completely having seen this change. This is the step every single one, every single time on multiple podcast interviews that I've done, listening to tons of different stories. Every single time, the one thing that always has in common for the marriages who have then worked out, well, whether it's the marriage that works out or perhaps the marriage doesn't work out, but the woman comes out on the other side, renewed and restored and strengthened every single time. The common thread is this thread of surrender. So I know it's not just me. I've seen it with my clients. I've seen it with my colleagues. I've seen it with countless other women. And I realized that that was the big thing. And that was the thing that really was a game changer for me and my life and marriage. So I hope this quick little episode was helpful to you or somebody else. Please share it. Write me a review or share it. Let me know what you thought because it's just so important for us to not only feel like we are moving forward in our marriages and stopping this fighting this place of disconnection, this roommate place that we've been in our marriages and stopping that. But it is also making sure that we're doing it in a way where we are not feeling resentful, where we are not feeling like we're a doormat, like we're not seen, we're not heard. If you start to feel like that, you will never be 100% happy in your marriage. I gave you some helpful tips for you to move forward. So let me know if there's anything else you'd like to talk about, or if you have any thoughts, questions, comments about this particular episode, feel free, send me a DM or jump into our Facebook group. I would love to chat about it. Until next week. Love you guys. Bye-bye. Hey, love. Thank you for listening to today's show. If you found any value in today's episode, it would mean the world to me if you left a five-star review and shared it with a friend or someone else who needed to hear this today. This is really the best way you can thank me. It helps me to get the word out to other women just like you. See you next week.